This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, Halflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Oh, hey, it's I'm Olivia yeah, Kennedy. I think it's you. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone calls me Liv. Hello. Yay. <laughs> and yeah. and Jeremy Cobb, but Satine Phoenix calls me Sir Jeremy of the Clan Cobb, and Jameson Stone calls me the Cobinator. Ooh, two very strong names. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very strong names. And I'm guessing, Jeremy, you may have done this on purpose because you've given two nicknames. Yes. Now. Right now, have an episode with two guests on it. I would like to welcome Sade and Lissa from the Slovenly Trolls podcast. How are you guys doing today? Woo! <laughs> the stadium is going wild. We have a live feed punched into Halfling Stadium. Yep. Uh, people have begun smearing themselves with peanut butter <laughs> and sliding around the field. Uh, the cleanup is going to cost thousands. Can I can so I join so in? That sounds absolutely. like amazing. Please, Ooh, I'll send you the coordinates right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! And lands in the cusp of a peaceful god! Oh, no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! Get into something real big now. Oh, I have a question actually. I have a question up front. This is this is something that I have had. uh, I've been wondering now for weeks. Uh, Somebody in our Discord, uh, in fact, shout out to uh, Valeria Messalina, posted a table from Advanced D and D that had a. uh, It turns out that Advanced D and D had a roll table of harlots. This is no joke. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you roll, a, it, it, now it will describe what kind of harlot you ro- you have in your game, depending mm-hmm. on what you roll mm-hmm. on the D100. And I couldn't help but notice that if you roll a one through 10, you have a slovenly trull. Oh. Uh, do you two happen to know anything about that? <laughs> oh, what? we may know a little no. something about that. <laughs> may or may not have inspired some things. <laughs> hey, such a coincidence. Wow. I know. Who would have thought? No, I just pulled Slovenly Troll out of the air. It just came to me. In a we we just day. opened up a dictionary, you know, and just looked at, looked through like all the letters up until S and Same. we were like, Slovenly sounds like a good adjective for us, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that is very good. That is so. Why don't you give us a good adjective for your show? In fact, give us a good description of your show. Tell us a little bit about Slovenly Trolls uh, and what you do over on that show. Oh man. Um. Well, I think it can be most aptly described with me and Lissa ranting at each other with cited sources. 
<laughs> That's exactly no. the same as three black halflings without the sight of sources. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Match made in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love the idea that our podcast is a series of sighted rants. Yeah, that's basically, yeah, it's exactly what ours is. We just, we pick a topic that is usually um, something that we it has come across our news feed or we, it's come up in conversation um and it's usually something problematic with D's past and mm-hmm. then we contextualize it which is the big part of it we look at why that thing might have happened through give it like, the benefit of the doubt if you will give it the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt is a big thing and be like well we're not excusing this but this is probably why this happened and now let's analyze it let's talk about it Let's rant and be angry about it. And then let's encourage everybody to do better at their own tables. And even one day, maybe encourage Wizards of the Coast to do better, <laughs> which they are. They're doing better already. But, yeah. you know, Absolutely. I was actually listening earlier and I wanted to point everyone to this particular episode because I thought it was great. I was listening to the uh, TSR episode that you did. Oh, um, yeah. And part of the reason why I was wanted to suggest this is because this was a subject that we <laughs> genuinely through Black Offerings were like, we looked at it and went, that is a dumpster fire we are not ready to fall into. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were like, uh, I, mean, I don't fair. know if we have the energy. And yeah. so I, I'm going to say, instead of us doing an episode, I want to say thank you to you oh. guys for doing it. That Go listen to that one. It's very articulate. Yeah. It's really well done. And uh, yeah, it saved me feeling the the level of anger and, and, and frustration that it would have existed if we did I mean, episode. you looked at the dumpster fire and were like, let's avoid this at all costs. We looked at the dumpster fire we're like let's dive right into this yeah. <laughs> so before we uh, go any further talk about sovereignly trolls we'll talk a little bit more about that later but would love to get a bit of an insight as to uh, both of your nerdy origin stories um well i grew up a nerd because my dad is a huge trekkie and oh. i didn't grow up watching it but he he raised me on like Back to the Future, which is still my favorite movie of all time. Um, I went to see Lord of the Rings in theaters. I He read Harry Potter to us when yep. they were still coming out as books. Like, And then that transitioned to me in high school. I started playing D&D 3.5. And that transitioned into me. Um, if you ever want to know how cool I was in high school, I started <laughs> LARPing when I was 14. <laughs> okay. So depending on your metrics, either not cool at all or extremely cool. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I had a fun time. But the more I talk about it, the more like, oh, LARPing is the thing that D&D players were scared of. Oh, okay, I get it. I'll just not talk (laughs) about that. But now I'm airing it um, here. I loved it. And I had the privilege of doing it with like some of my best friends in high school. And I think that really helps. Like if your comfort level with the people is good. Same with D&D. If your comfort level is, is good enough, like. You could just have a great time and, you know, hit each other with foam weapons. <laughs> yeah, That's I, fun. I, I do. I'm always slightly worried that my sort of upbringing on competitive sports will override a little bit and I might get a little <laughs> oh, too. Dear. Do you know what I mean? I, I, uh-huh. I feel yeah. like uh-huh. you get me on an mm-hmm. open field and there's a game to be played. I'm going to get competitive. You know, I'm like, I'm the <laughs> least aggressive person in the world. But I remember like literally about a month ago playing football before Christmas and someone slid tackle, like slide tackled me. And I was like, run up to the ref, like, you got to be kidding. I was like foaming at the mouth. <laughs> and then I checked myself so and was red. like, you are a grown man. Control yourself. <laughs> it was very embarrassing for me. <laughs> we did have like one of our GMs, we did have one that hit us really hard and we had to talk to him about it. Be like, listen, dude, we love you, but you're oh. leaving bruises. Like you got to calm down. Whoa. We're children. <laughs> and he was only a couple of... <laughs> <laughs> Dog. <laughs> he 
adult it's man. Like way worse. Around. Way worse than I thought it was range. going to. <laughs> the thing is, well, he was using a metal sword. I mean, I don't know why he. <laughs> yeah, well, for some okay. reason, it was. It looked like a boffer weapon, but it is actually just a full on like rapier. Like just yeah. every time before we play, we really need to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's just there sharpening he's got a his sword. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every time at the beginning of us, yep, just with the whetstone. Just I'm I'm curious what how does one like how how do the because DD has like a specific set of like combat rules that are very yeah. detailed uh mm-hmm. how does one perform combat in larp like how do your mm-hmm. stats work and everything mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's a good question so ours was um so somebody had made up an entire rule set for it so it was very dnd-esque but it was basically transposed it was called i think final haven i don't know if the rules that is still floating around but basically um you would use your weapon it would have stats and you, if you ever got a hit on somebody, you'd be like two something damage. Usually it was vorpal damage or it was fire damage if it was enchanted. So you go two vorpal damage, two vorpal damage or 10 vorpal damage, whatever it was. And then you'd have to do math in your head as with all stuff okay. um, around this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I struggle think with be math anyway. Enough. So like, I'm just imagining like somebody hitting me with a sword and me going like, oh, two plus two is, oh no. <laughs> yeah, give me a sec, give me a sec, give me a sec. Wait, wait, wait. I need oh, to yeah, figure like, out I'll I'm dead later, like, Stop hitting me for a second. Exactly. Stop hitting me for a second. I have to, exactly. I and then, <laughs> then there were bigger, like you could do spell casting and how spell casting worked is you had um like, I guess you could just describe them as square beanies. So it was just pieces of fabric and you would fill them with like the stuff that's in beanie babies and you would throw them at people, which is what I did. (laughs) So I threw beanie babies basically at people. And then you would say, oh, like two magic damage. And then there, I think there were, there were like resurrection rules and there were like um, time stop rules where you would have to close your eyes and um, the GMs would like get around. We did one that, if you know anything about Doctor Who, um, mm-hmm. we'll scar you for life. We did one with um, like the angels. Oh God! No. And it was no. terrifying. Three no. of us, three of us metagamed a bit because we knew about Doctor Who, but not everybody did. And we were closing our eyes, and they're like, "Hey, you notice angel statues?" And we're like, "Nope." And then we had to close <laughs> our eyes, and we're like, "Nope." Oh, and then no. we opened our eyes, and they moved, and we're like. No, and like, we're like we need to leave, and they didn't listen to us, and like half our party died because they were being like strangled by like weeping angels. Oh man, <laughs> it oh, pisses me off to this day. They didn't listen to us, and they <laughs> well, still didn't yeah. listen to us after. <laughs> it was honestly their fault. It really is honestly their fault. <laughs> it was their fate. We refused to resurrect them because in in the <laughs> game that. rules we played, you needed a healer and you needed an empath, which was their version of magic. So we just refused to heal and be like, you can make new characters. You didn't listen to us. We were sad. <laughs> I wouldn't do that now. But back then we're like, nope, you, you're dead. Like you didn't Look listen. Weeping now, am I right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Brutal. I have, this is a, a, a strange tangent, but I had the worst uh, scariest time I've ever experienced was because of a Doctor Who episode. We were uh, away in Wales in staying in this cottage, and it was when the Are You My Mummy episode. Oh, uh, no. Everyone who's Ooh. watched Doctor Who will understand that one. Um, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically kids with gas masks on their face would walk around going, Are You My Mummy? And it was honestly <laughs> horrifying. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that episode came out. Uh, the next day, I'm taking the dog for a walk along with my little stepbrother, who was about four or five 
five years old at the time. I've got the lead in one hand, my stepbrother's hand uh, in the other. We're walking along. We see a gas mask on the floor. Right. So I was like, um, okay, let's just, we'll take a slightly shorter route back. We go then onto an abandoned train track, right? We're walking along the abandoned train why? track. And I kid you not, this is no word of a lie. I do not believe in ghosts in any way, shape, or form, but this was the scariest moment of my life. <laughs> the dog and my little stepbrother stopped at the same time. The dog started barking, and my little brother was like, oh, the train. And I was like, no! <laughs> and I literally <laughs> both up and was like knees up, sprinting back to the cottage. Like, no, 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 no. It was honestly horrendous. Oh, oh it sounds like a creepy pasta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, That's like... Um, yeah. Uh, a similar thing happened to me, but no, it's not nearly as scary. But has anyone, this was, I will not go into detail as to what this is, but has, have oh. you guys seen Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life? Ah, oh, God. Of course. Oh, no. Yes. I, have. I was on, I will not describe it. You can go look it up if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was on a If you haven't, with, you are in for a treat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's something. Uh, the I was on a walk with my friend and in the middle of, we were like on a trail in the woods. And on the ground was a piece of paper that said, it's never ogre. <laughs> and we were just like, what? Like both of us had just recently seen, the, recently seen it for the first time. It's like, oh no. Track is love, track like, is life. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. I um, can I ask Jeremy, was this also in Wales? Because that would be a, that would be wild. Yeah, I, Wales, Wales. From Wales. I could no, see that being a thing. This yeah, is I can in see Cincinnati. Well. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. I do believe, Shana, you are still telling us about your nerdy origin story. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then we need to hear listeners as well. So, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, LARPing at the age of 14. That was, I think, where we left off. <laughs> yeah, LARPing at the age of 14. I, you know, wrote fan fiction all through high school. Super, the coolest kid you've ever met in your life. Me. That's it. I did every Sounds nerdy like thing you can imagine. me as well. So, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> good yeah it was it was a trip and then that's yeah that's basically and i think that's i think that's the agreed upon D, &D pipeline right you larp you write fan fiction you um get a degree in the arts and then you play D, &D. is that yep. right yeah that's right. yeah yeah yep. that okay. sounds pretty much that's about really it yeah. to swap larping <laughs> for Yu-Gi-Oh, uh competitive Yu-Gi-Oh competitions and that's me i've never heard that you were in competitive Yu-Gi-Oh competitions <laughs> yep. this <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> Jeremy is now planning several like Patreon exclusive episodes in which I have to tell him about you, my competitive Yu-Gi-Oh career. <laughs> yeah, we. Well, yeah, I have to talk to you after this. I'm very intrigued. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But I, I want to hear from Lisa first before uh, before any talk of uh, my competitive Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Lisa, what was your origin story for all things nerdy? Um, all things nerdy. Well, I mean, I didn't start D and D until very. Well, in, in, in compared to Sharday very recently. Um, so I, I was a nerd back in high school. Um, as you can see, I have a bookshelf. I always loved buying books. I needed mm. to own books. It, it wasn't just good enough to read them. So I needed to own all the books that I liked. Um, and it was always like a thing of like, it, it was a thing between our friends of like, the more you own, the better. So it was always a competition. Sure, so sure. Um, I was into TV shows. I was into kind of into fan fiction. Not really. It was more of like uh, when you would have those like forum posts or forums and then you would like pretend to be a character and you would interact with other people in the forum. That, that's kind of what I did. 
So you Mm -hmm. would create a character, you would like describe them and then there would be like a scenario and then you would interact with people in the forum kind of. So it wasn't really fan fiction, but it was kind of role playing. Yeah, it was like early RP. I've heard a lot of people do that. Yeah, Yeah. I I had a friend in college who used to do that. She got real upset one time because I think something so there'd been a fallout among the characters on Tumblr. She used to do like full. I think it was like Sherlock themed uh, RP. Mm because uh, this was like early 2010s so yeah. peak sure yeah. yeah of course and mm-hmm. it was like i remember i was like i was like trying to be better friends with her and i was like how are you doing she's like i'm sad and i was like why <laughs> oh. and she's like because uh there's a real conflict with these characters and i was like what are-? so wait are they from the show no they're like in the world of the show oh so it's like in the show no we're doing it online i was just so confused because <laughs> i've never heard of anything please let me understand you please yeah. so i'm just trying to help her feel better but instead she's just explaining the entire idea of online role play to me. we also had this like notebook between our friends where we would like role play in the notebook we would pass it around and then oh. like it was one of these black and white covered ones and then everybody would get their turn to like do their role play section and then write something and that was also I was also part of that so big nerd yes I read you know Lord of the Rings I was into I sort of read Harry Potter never really got into it uh, much for the dismay of Sade. Um, I've been trying entire, so Whose entire hard. personality is based on Harry Potter. It is not. <laughs> hey, look, it is a, not. That's just a, it's a, that's a symptom of a certain generation. I, it's, it uh, is. It, we cannot be blamed for this, okay? This was our parents' fault. Uh, just because Lissa is better than us and doesn't know what her Hogwarts house is, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I was about to ask what your Hogwarts house is, to be honest. It is... Pottermore official Gryffindor. Oh, uh, congratulations. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. okay. Nice. Fun fact, actually, <laughs> um, when I moved to the UK uh, to go to university, one of the first questions, because I was 24 when I uh, moved to the UK to do my undergraduate, um, one of the first questions with the 18 year olds that I was living with was, What Harry Potter house are you in? And I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this was the first thing, like first interaction that I had with this girl. And she was like, well, you're going to take this test here. Here's this test. Um, <laughs> you're going to take it. You're going to tell me what house you're in. Yeah. Was that me? That wasn't me. That <laughs> no, wasn't it wasn't me. you. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. You, you have no idea what, like what test you're taking. It's just like, this is going to tell us more information than actually speaking to you. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and then it's going to save I... us a lot of time. If you could just take this test, it'd be really cool. Because if you're a server yeah. and the reason straight up to stop talking This will now, determine yeah. if we can be friends or not. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Meyer Briggs, <laughs> do not know her. <laughs> Pottermore test, we know her. <laughs> I'm just imagining like you coming into it, like being there and they're being like, oh, what house are you in? You're like, I'm in this house. I live with this house. This one, the apartment. Pretty sure. When we share together. Yeah. You're my So Lisa, did you did you have like a series of choice like to replace the I guess the the Potter-shaped hole? Uh in in like in like obviously you said you read Lord of the Rings, but I know like his dark materials, uh mm. series of unfortunate events, like some mm. of the other com- competitors sort of for Harry Potter from the same era. Yeah, I mean anything? I I've read some of them. Um I didn't really get into his dark materials. I did get into Lord of the Rings, um, and then I loved the movies and kind of the world behind that. And I think I was more into I guess like 
vampire stuff. Um, so mm. Dracula was a big thing for me growing up. In fact, I wrote one of my um, uh, final projects on comparing Dracula and Twilight to each other, which Whoa. I kind of got a little bit famous or I, so I, I wasn't, I didn't really have a reputation in school because I was, you know, part of the nerdy club, but I had a person legitimately un, who was not in my year group who came up to me and was like, I know what you wrote about. And I was just like, who the hell are you? <laughs> That's such a weird thing to say to someone. I know what you wrote about. What an intro. I know what I you know. wrote last last summer. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like not but like, yeah. oh wait, are you the person who wrote that one thing? Just like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so gothic horror a little bit. Um, movies like Underworld and uh, Resident Evil and mm. stuff like that. That was yeah. my thing. Yeah. Um, and then you read Carmilla? I, I bet you have. I have. Yeah. Yeah, I love Carmilla. Nice. That's yeah. Story. Have you seen the web series, Carmilla? <laughs> it's not quite the I same thing. Know yes, I know I haven't. <laughs> oh, have you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever saw um, the Pride and Prejudice, the web series Pride and Prejudice. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God. Elizabeth Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Really yes. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like here in like a modern day, like vlogging about meeting Darcy and all this stuff. Uh, it's like that uh, where it's like this girl is like roommates with Carmilla. And <laughs> over the course, you find out like, oh, she's a vampire mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. It, it eventually like diverges hard from the story. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but huh. the first, that first season. Mwah. So- yeah. Um, so I got into D&D, I think sort of through Chardet. Um, we have a mutual friend and I, like I said, I came to UK for university and um, I met this girl who turned out uh, she was in my German class. We didn't know that, but we met at this like function thing that was for self-improvement, um, became friends. She lived next to me. And then you know, one day she was like, so do you like fantasy? And do you like role-playing? What do you think about D and D? And I was just like, I don't, I don't know what that is. And then a few months yeah. later, I was in two campaigns, uh, weekly. You know, doing <laughs> like six hours plus every week, of rolling D&D, through, you know? buying so, dice, yeah, yeah, all the, yeah, the classic. Now story. it's been three years, and the first taste we is just free. finished one campaign. So. <laughs> Well, congratulations! Literally chasing the dragon. Campaign. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the origins of Slovenly Trolls? That would be cool. So, how did you meet, and what was the impetus behind starting the podcast? Um, I think I have to answer this one. Um, so I did one of my projects for university. So I did um, graphic design um, in university, and it's it's sort of weird. You get to choose uh, what projects you do, and you get to investigate your own topics. And so I, I think the prompt was hidden communities. Um, and I decided that there's nothing more hidden than my group of people who do D&D, you know, in our houses together, which is like, we have our own lingo, we have our own stories, we meet mm. weekly. And this was in person um, as well, before everybody moved away. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> it was deported. <laughs> AKA my visa was up. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, phew. I'll be honest. I was like, this story, you, you were at the wheel on the motorway driving quite fast. 
and Shahei just reached across and went hey, on the steering wheel. I was like, whoa! <laughs> it just sounds more dramatic that way. So yeah, obviously, like, yeah, like agents. Yeah, tackled to the ground. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I. I, I did like I I interviewed my two DMs, so I interviewed Chardet and my other DM, and I interviewed the players, and then I realized that we were an all we're, the two there were two groups, but we were there were two groups of all women D and D, and apparently that's not a well known thing, and it's sort of rare, I guess I don't know, mm-hmm. but and then it sort of developed into like, okay, well, I was trying to look for like commonalities between the two groups and we were sort of playing in a feminist way, which was like a really interesting thing for me. And then there was this sort of weird obsession with critical role at Matt Mercer. Mm-hmm. So um, it became like, okay, well, I guess it would be funny if there was a religion um, aspect of this. So yeah, it's, we religiously play D and D um, in a feminist way. And that sort of, I don't know how it developed, but then Sharday, what's the next part of that? Yeah. So that's how we, I think started it. The idea kind of got in our head that we were playing D and D in a non-traditional way. And that was very feminist and against the grain of what usually happens. Mm-hmm. And so I, there was something that happened on Twitter. What was it? I think it, oh yeah, there's some quotes. So our first episode is basically what started our entire podcast there was some quotes from Gary Gygax Mm -hmm. and Jonathan Tweet that were circulating around Twitter um, that said not so nice things about women Uh and we had Mm -hmm. no idea that there was this complete history of D&D that's kind of broiled in sexism and racism and ableism Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. we had no idea because you know we just played fifth edition and I have a brief background in 3.5 But, you know, if you're in the hobby for long enough, you hear about these things. And then I think Lisa and I were just ranting about it to each other because I I sent her the pictures and I'm just like, look at this crap. (laughs) (laughs) Just started (laughs) ranting to each other. And then, like, I don't remember how it came up. Like, you know, we could do a podcast about this or like we could do a podcast episode about this. It was during the pandemic. It was Mm -hmm. 2020 when Mm -hmm. this happened. And then we're like, you know, maybe we could try this because th- this isn't the only time this has happened. And, you know, the, the, the further we dug, the more we realized how many more issues there were to talk about and how many people were talking about them on Twitter, but they weren't giving them the benefit of the doubt. They weren't contextualizing them. It was, you know, Twitter is a dumpster fire. You love yeah. it. You mm-hmm. hate it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. everything is very instant. People just react to something, sometimes not looking into certain things and they just get really angry and they're completely valid in getting angry. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah, we so- kind of, yeah, we wanted to just take a step back be angry and then figure out why this happened and then how we can prevent it maybe from happening again. Mm. And that's how our first episode came about. And then like the topics just kind of kept coming after that. And we just kept doing it because Mm. nobody was talking about it that we knew of in a very critical analysis kind of way. Also, we just both recently graduated and we're just like, we should probably put our degrees to use and have excited sources and like do all this stuff. And yeah, yeah that's that that, basically it. That's so great. And it and it really does come across in the show. Uh, because when I've when I've listened, it 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 does really 
feels so thought out and the you know what the way you sort of uh broach certain topics and everything it it's um it, yeah what it's very it's so insightful and it's just you know you're getting like all of the information uh which i think is a very important part of like when you're trying to critically think about anything these days, uh, trying right. to be aware of like, ah, am I hearing the full picture? Am I getting the whole thing here? Because mm-hmm. uh, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, Twitter is a very reactionary platform in which you're, it's basically designed for you to get the opinion of people that you either really agree with or really disagree with, you know? So yep. it, it kind of becomes hard to get like good and fair and balanced uh, communication. So uh, like seriously well done for, for, the, for the way that you do that on the show. That's something that's been, I think, a problem in, in like progressive spaces, at least from what I've seen as well like Mm. where there is a lack of nuance sometimes Mm. where it's Mm. often people are very appropriately criticizing uh something that was said or something that was done or a work of art uh but there is a lack of nuance and consideration of where the person may have been coming from uh Mm -hmm. in in Mm. a number of Mm -hmm. especially like on twitter because obviously as jasper was saying the the platform really kind of disincentivizes that Uh, so Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's an absolutely amazing thing to have, uh, in, in progressive circles. Uh, so yeah, big ups. Absolutely. Like I I remember reading that too. And I too was livid. Um, so thank you. Rightfully so. (laughs) Rightfully Um, so. Yeah, no, I am. So I no, really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> and I think it's uh, there's something that we found when starting this. Oh, and by the way, uh, b- b- great analogy as well for, for the general sort of starting of the podcast. I felt like we uh, just to carry on using the dumpster fire analogy. We I feel like me, uh, Jeremy Nunati basically was like, oh, this is cool. We all climbed inside the dumpster and then went, oh, it's on fire. <laughs> you know, yep. we were already in. You know what I mean? Before we realized, I don't know if we'd have climbed in so willingly if we'd have realized right. just how on fire it was. You know, like you said yeah. about like kind of finding out like the depths of of racism and stuff that are entrenched within this mm. game. You know, yeah. I don't know. If, I feel like I would have been a bit like, hmm. Do I want to do this? You know what I mean? But like, we were already so far in by the time we suddenly like, so let's talk about J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh shit, here we go. Strap in, everyone. Um, Olivia, were you already in a in a dumpster fire and you just transferred? You like added an additional dumpster? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just add like, just add fuel to the fire, just constantly, just like see how far it can rise. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, it's funny because like, um, I'm obviously a a woman and also a lady of color so like whenever i like slap my face on the front of like a video that's just like hey i have some thoughts on dnd mm. it's like how many people can i annoy Ooh. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. how much uh how much can, like fire starter can i put on the fire that's already there yeah exactly yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. no well there's yeah. there's, a, there's this phenomenon which i re- the, the the healthiest phenomenon that i have the way that i have um uh found to liken this for uh, particularly like sort of white cishet males that don't really understand this thing, which is that generally like uh, there was always this weird thing when I would go to a club and I would dance. I used to do this thing where I would copy the exact dance move that my white friend was doing next to me. And yet people (laughs) would come up to me and tell me what good dancer I was, even though I was doing exactly (laughs) the same move. Like I'm not kidding. I used to genuinely used to be the thing that I did to entertain myself at nightclubs because I've never really been into clubbing. It's just not my thing at all. Um, mm-hmm. And it would happen constantly. This is exactly the phenomenon that happens if you are a woman or a person of color who says anything on the internet. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like you could say the exact same thing. It does not matter. It is ex- mm-hmm. pres- word for word. But as soon as they find out you are brown or a woman, forget <laughs> about it. Right. Mm. 
Um, yep. But so, and then I think what this does is it leads me onto a point which I wanted to throw over to you guys, which is that I think that the, the sort of your decision as well to tackle these things with humility, therefore, I think creates a really amazing safe space for women to go and listen to your show and mm. get a point of view where it feels like it's not going to be kind of dread like dragging up like old trauma and you know all of that kind of thing like being able to like give the benefit of the doubt i think is a really important part of discourse which we lose all too often and yeah. when we lose it i find we always get to this point where i as a like person of color if we're discussing like racism or whatever i want to immediately get off the train at that point you know i feel like yeah. ah, i don't want to talk about this anymore like it just when mm -hmm. we just start to getting shouty it just it, it makes me feel horrendous and i want to curl up into a ball and leave it all alone and so I guess what was the thought process? Because we we, we've always sort of tried to do a very similar thing of like keeping it sort of lighthearted and accessible for people. Was there a thought process for you in making the show, uh, like giving the show a benefit of the doubt and not just being, we just want to be really fucking angry, which you would be more within your rights to do? I think for me, I mean, we can talk about it without talking about we we were in the middle of pandemic when this was happening. So everything was on fire. Mm -hmm. A lot of social change was, was happening. Not on fire. The point. dumpster was on fire, <laughs> was but it was like place. a simmer. Like everything <laughs> was on um, fairy fire. And mm. this was just regular <laughs> fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think we just, I, I likened it to everybody's emotions in this time right now. I've talked about this with my brother a lot and we've kind of likened it to we're just in this furnace. Like everything is just so hot and compressed and you just mm. feel everything so much more deeper mm. when you're in times of stress, even when mm. you're not feeling stressed, you're still stressed, but our bodies have acclimated to it. At least that's our theory. So we could be angry and we are, we give ourselves space to just yell and shout and be angry. We go on Twitter rants all the time. Like <laughs> there, there's a time and place for it. But I think if our entire podcast was just us shouting, mm. it wouldn't, it might be entertaining, but it wouldn't mm. make any progress and we wouldn't mm -hmm. open up any conversations, which is also what we wanted to do. We want people to just talk and we could be wrong. We always op open the door and be like, Hey, these are opinions. We could be wrong please tell us if we're wrong. And we have had people reach out being like, Hey, the way you worded this was a little bit iffy. And then we'd look back and we're like, Oh my God. Yeah. They're completely right. Yeah. We mm -hmm. worded this completely wrong and we take accountability for it. And, you know, having that kind of critique discourse, it just, it gives us room to grow during a time where not a lot of people feel like they are growing, which is, mm. you know, the dumpster fire all over the place. <laughs> yeah, the world being in a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, yes. I think it, yeah. I think it's it's I'm reminded of the meme where like the astronauts looking down and the world is just a floating dumpster that is on fire. And it's like <laughs> it's all a dumpster fire and the other one's like It always has, always been. has been. Yeah. 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 I think that's part of what growing up is uh, like, I feel like to a degree, uh, if you look at like stuff that people have said in past ages, there are instances mm -hmm. where people will be like, this is a time of discovery and it's gonna be great. But usually people are like, things are going horribly and everything is bad. <laughs> and things are getting worse and worse and where the world is heading towards its end. It seems like that is always what happens. And it, I think that's, yeah. we're now seeing a group of people online all discover that. And we yep. get older, we're like, yeah. oh, 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 oh dang. Oh. Yeah, oh, mm. crap. I, I think quite honestly that that first instance where you said this is a time of discovery and it's great. I think that usually only happens retroactively. 
Yeah. Do you know what yes. I mean? Yeah, like, totally. I like a couple of people are having a I mean. great time and everyone I'll, else is just Yeah, I, I 100% think that when, like, I am in, like, my 50s and 60s, we'll look back at, like, the early oh, 90s yeah. and be like, damn. We got phones. We got high speed internet. We got like it's gonna be like you know there is gonna be like a genuine thing of like man that was a real we did some shit in the in the noise you know what I mean like some some stuff got invented mm, yeah, you know yeah. yeah. Whereas it's been the moment, almost a hundred years since a, since we last had a world war. How yeah. great is that? Yeah, I mean that's great. Good. Yeah, Congrats, yeah. Everyone have <laughs> many many wars and I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, at least Europe. Like, I mean, in the case of anybody who lives in Europe, this has got to be a better time to live in Europe than any other time previously, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. there was always a massive war going on. It seemed yeah. like somebody was always trying mm. to kill somebody. Yeah, uh, and though people mm-hmm. are still trying to kill people, there are fewer of them. Mm. And that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's a positive. That's, nice. that's definitely a when you're having a down day. Just remember that <laughs> there are fewer people trying to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. so, they'll help me but sleep fewer. at night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> filling up just with a smile on your face, like mm. yeah, mm. <laughs> this is nice. Yeah. At least there's no Napoleon. How about that? Mm. Nice. We've immediately transitioned into the meme of the little dog with the cup of coffee with everything on fire around it saying this everything is, is fine. This is fine. This is fine. It's like it's like, well, in this case, it's like the dog remembering back to where like the entire world is on fire mm. and then being like, hmm, only my house. It's only my house. This is fine. fine. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Halflings, I would like to thank our sponsor for today, Factor. With the busy season fast approaching, you might be on the lookout for some wholesome, convenient meals for a jam packed days. I know that I do. One of my favourite things about having a ready to eat meal kit is the fact that I get a nice variety to my diet. It is so easy when you're busy and you're trying to look for nutritious food to eat to just eat the same things over and over again. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. Factor is here to help you. Skip the next trip to the grocery store, all the chopping and prepping and cleaning too, whilst getting all the flavour, nutrition and quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and enjoy and get back to crushing your day. You can choose from over 34 flavor-packed meals per week, and the Calorie Smart meals come in at less than 550 calories per serving. And if you need a little extra boost in the day, there is an assortment of 45-plus add-ons that you can snack on, including breakfast items, including apple cinnamon pancakes, or as we like to call it, 
second breakfast. And just in case you needed any more convincing, Factor offsets 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for all of their production sites and offices. Head over to factormeals.com slash halflings50 and use the code halflings50 to get 50% off. That's the code halflings50 at factormeals.com slash halflings50 to get 50% off. You are so welcome. Enjoy your tasty, nutritious meals. For half price. Go now. What are you doing? Go, 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 run. Go get the meals. Go, 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 go. Thank you to Angie for sponsoring this HeadGum podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Indeed. So if you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Yeah, doing stuff yourself seems fun, but then you actually get to, you know, solving a problem and you realize that mm-hmm. you can create 10 more problems and then you probably should have just paid a yeah. a professional to deal with it right off the bat. You can easily injure and or maim yourself as well. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. You just get the app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. It's very convenient. It sure is, folks, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. So download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Thank you, Angie. Angie Angie.com. Thank you. I was actually listening to an amazing podcast. Um, it was a uh, Pop Save America uh, is the, the the show, and they had a this thing. They're doing these things with offlines where they're talking about uh, people and their routines and how they kind of like unplug and get away from the kind of constant stream and everything. And there was quite an interesting conversation about like, should the world be this connected? You know, like mm-hmm. the humans are just not that used to being this acclimated and up to date on everything all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm instantly reminded of the Bo Burnham song. Uh, mm. Absolutely everything, <laughs> all of the time. All the time, um, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I wonder whether part of the sensation, which has led to, you know, both of our shows, which I think started with very similar um, kind of wishes and, 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 you know, is a kind of reaction to that, is to kind of slow things down, let's have a conversation. It doesn't matter if this, is per- this isn't perfect. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if we get things wrong. Mm-hmm. We're here to have a healthy discourse and we want to welcome other people into this conversation. Do you think that's a fair, would you say that's a fair thing? Like, I feel like the sensation of trying to slow things down. At least that, that's how it feels for me, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think, you know, having a podcast that just kind of forces us to do all this background research of stuff that doesn't seem related to D&D, but it actually is. And taking a very academic approach, which a hundred percent is not everybody's cup of tea, but it relaxes me and Lissa, I think just like <laughs> doing a bunch of research and just kind of, I have a history minor too. So it's, it's really nice to just like use that and contextualize everything. And while everything is still on fire, at least it's not like burning us. It's just like a nice, like little warmth sometimes mm. that we could just ignore yeah. for a little bit yeah. while we're just, just you know, fire. Yeah. Yeah. Just a warm open fire that maybe, <laughs> maybe, you have, you, maybe you shouldn't have put the extra logs on because oh, it's getting a little, it's getting a little, it's out getting of a little hot. Yeah. Toasty. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I'm fine. I'm just going to take my jumper off. 
But it's fine. Just have a jumper off because it's warm. It's just a little bit warm. That's all it oh, is. Hey, oh, 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 Jasper, your back's kind of red there. Like, no, uh, from no, nah, no. It's this, fine. It'll this be is, fine. This is normal. This is normal. Jasper, is that back knee or are you blistering? Is that, is that a... <laughs> no, 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 no. See, the thing is, I found if you don't turn around and look at the fire, you can't know how bad it is. So I'm going to oh, stay with my back and let it burn me. I mean, let it burn me. Yes. Not at I all think... like a weeping angel that's going to sneak up on you and strangle you. <laughs> you know, that's the reason why I have my back to the fire because it's a weeping angel in front that I can't look away from because Perfect. if I do, I'll be strangled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this sense. is a good analogy for 2022. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> this is just a practical question for weeping mm-hmm. angels. Does what? Okay, so if you're looking at them, they stop. How do they know that something is looking at them? Like, is this like how, like in India, people started wearing masks on the back of their heads so that tigers would think that they were looking at them and wouldn't ambush them as much? Or can like they sense consciousness? Oh, so I, I think that there is there is something to be said about how like um, looking at someone carries energy because you know when you sometimes like turn to look at someone and you see that they're looking at you and you're like. Why are you looking at me? Because obviously you can feel something like I don't know. There's maybe a science to that, but I think that there is some kind of like an energy transfer when you stare at someone or when you look at someone. And then even if yeah. you like I, I've had somebody wake me up by staring at me, she wanted to see how long it would take to wake me up. And because I'm a very heavy sleeper. So I basically woke up and she was just staring at me in my room, you know, she walked into my room just to stare at me, see wow. how when I would wake up. And you I'm just like, attract the weirdest people. <laughs> First, the person who's just like, I know what you wrote about, and now this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I want to really throw out to the other two brown people in this conversation. If that had happened to me, I would oh, have God, been yeah. out of this. Yeah, scenario. absolutely not. There is no <laughs> way this person is staying within five meters of me. I mean, well, to I be fair, she was make. my best friend, so you know, okay. it's, oh, okay. it's kind of okay, forgivable. Okay, fine. I, well, okay, mm, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Best friends. I'm like, bro, confession like, to make on this topic, actually, yes, because when I was four years old, I did the exact same thing to my mom. <gasps> uh, no, I was, I think Jeremy. I had, like had a nightmare or was scared or something, so I sl- snuck oh. into my parents' room, curled up at the foot of the bed, and slept there. Then I woke up before either of them did, <laughs> and so I just crawled over and was like on all fours above my mom, just staring at her, because uh, I was like, well, I was just waiting for her to wake up. So I was just looking down. I just think I very Aww. clearly remember this staring Aww. at her and she woke up. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> very seriously staring down. And she still wrote, she still talks about that to this day. Oh <laughs> my, I, honestly, I'm not a religious person. I'd have taken you to a church. I'd have taken you somewhere. <laughs> You'd have got baptized. You'd have got like exercised. I'd have been like, nope, no, no. Not today. I, did, um, I, will, I will confess. I do have to sleep with an eye mask uh, because I do sleep with my eyes open. Very, very weird. I've always what? done it. And I think as I follow people around the room while, whilst I sleep, like my mom used to come, no. my mom had to, I remember once I let, I they started, noticing that my laundry was outside my bedroom door uh, in the mornings. And I'd be like, mom, how come laundry here? Like normally it appears magically in my in, <laughs> in my wardrobe. And she's like, because when I walk into your room, you're looking at me whilst asleep and you follow me around the room while I put your clothes away. And I'm like trying to talk to you and you're clearly asleep and it's really weird. And I'm like, okay, wow. Fair. That's fair. Your mom doesn't deserve that. Yeah, no, she's the right thing. <laughs> no, she doesn't. You're absolutely right. Neither does, neither does my fiance who was also oh, woken up and been like, 
wake up. And she's like slapping me. Because <laughs> you're just staring at her. Yeah, she's like, no, no, wake up. <laughs> she's like I'm a cat, you know, and like a cat's trying to bat something away. She's like that, slapping me in the head. Just wake up. <laughs> Stop it. Do you, do you blink while asleep? No. No. Oh. Yeah, Wait, are like, your eyes fully open? I'm, I'm guessing they must do at some point, but my mum said it's like, it is an intense stare. It's not like I'm sort of like doing a sleepy kind of, it's like I'm fully eyes open. <laughs> Just, oh my god! Uh, yeah, now I just wear an eye mask. Speaking yeah. of taking somebody to church to get them exercise, that's terrifying. Your kid stares at you one time. That's one thing. Your child chronically will follow you around the room, Scooby Doo painting. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. That's literally it. Uh, I have a question, actually, uh, for all all three of the women in this conversation. Um, now, so far with three black halflings, I think we've been pretty lucky that we have not hit, we have not gotten a lot of uh, blowback from people who would otherwise not like what we're talking about. Uh, I think just we've happened to, the audience we've appealed to has been relatively insular. So we just haven't been exposed as much to those kinds of people. But I'm mm -hmm. curious, in your experience, have you uh, yet run into those obstacles? Like, it sounds like you were hinting at that, Liv, but I, I'm curious mm -hmm. in general for all three of you. Oh, man. Um, there was I don't know if it was because we were women or not. I don't know. But we have had we had one instance that I can think of. It was after surprising. You no, know, in the TSR episode <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, that we did. Uh, and we uh, made a prediction on who actually was behind the Twitter account that was not we doing. Um, not we. <laughs> Me. I did it. Okay. <laughs> I, I specifically asked her to make a prediction. That was like, I, I made that part of the whole podcast. That was like, right. that's true. The highlight was Charday <laughs> looks at rhetoric, reads it like she's, you know, doing CSI Miami or something and goes like, this is who it is. <laughs> so yeah, I guess backstory. I because we were doing so much research, I just made an offhanded comment to Lisa while we were doing research because we had there's like four main people that were kind of embroiled in this mm. scandal, but nobody knew who was behind the Twitter account because it kept the blame kept getting, you know, back and forth. And we did all this research and they had all these people involved had somewhat frequent media and internet presences. So I was just like, maybe I could figure out who did it. And Lisa's like, you gotta. Mm -hmm. you got to oh. do it. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. I can try. It might not be the right answer, but I can try. And so I made an educated guess on whom it was. You can listen mm -hmm. to the podcast to figure out. Okay, I was gonna say, if you yeah, haven't made that an episode too. already, like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was It's towards the end of that mm -hmm. episode. I I'm pretty sure who did it, but I also left some room for error. I acknowledged that maybe it could be somebody else, but I'm pretty sure who it was. Mm -hmm. And we plastered that, not the name, but we did say, Hey, check out our episode to see who did it. And we got this comment from an account that I don't know if it's a sock account or if it's just a troll account, but we got a, a, a comment saying that, hey, your guess is wrong. I know who really did it. And I had proof. And I'm just oh. honestly, I was just like, OK, what show us, thickens. like prove it, you know, <laughs> and they sent the most doctored screenshots I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, wow. <laughs> and it was a text conversation. And it is not like any text UI I've ever seen. Not an old phone, not a Samsung, not a Pixel, not an iPhone, not nothing. I'm just like, I, just, this was yeah. done in MS Paint. And they're just, I, <laughs> I, I called them out on it. I'm just like, hey, listen, we'd love to believe you, but here's what's wrong with what you just sent. And they did not like that very much <laughs> mm. at all. 
and they um, just kind of did a mini rant, basically saying how we were so closed minded and how we um, just want we should stop, quote, playing investigator and I'm like, wow. what? <laughs> what is happening? Who is this person? And I tried to do, I tried to do research and figure out who they were because mm-hmm. I'm nosy, but it was very obviously like somebody's backup account or troll account or something. I couldn't find much on them or who they were. It was, but it's weird. Yeah, that's who it was. Uh, weirdly named <laughs> Igax. Very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it very well could have been, but like we looked through their Twitter history and they actually like agreed with a lot of the stuff we were saying. Like they were replying to some oh. of the TSR stuff, agreeing wow. that they were in the wrong. But yet when we made a prediction on who it was and we said, hey, your evidence isn't great to back it up. They're like, you should stop playing investigator and just, just turned. And I'm like, okay, well, oh, okay. that's enough internet for today. I'm good. <laughs> and and then the story doesn't even end there because like a couple months later, the same account went on our Twitter because we, you know, when you have a, a Twitter with not a lot of followers on it, they're just, you make goals like, Hey, we'd love to hit this many followers before, mm-hmm. you know, the um, months end. And we didn't hit that goal because of obvious uh, reasons. Just, I wasn't posting enough to be honest <laughs> on it. And they replied to that tweet two months after I posted it saying, well, this doesn't look very good, does it? And I'm like, wow, what? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> back to our accounts just to say that. And I'm like, what is your deal? <laughs> like, who I, are you? <laughs> this is, I genuinely, though, like, you said that was two months afterwards? It was a couple months after, yeah. I, I don't know who is out here with the kind mm. of time and energy. Yes, when, exactly. during a During a pandemic. Yeah, with with the kind of energy Mm -hmm. and persistence to hold these kind of grudges, and like I really, honestly, like someone could really slight me now. Like, honest, genuinely, someone could really piss me off, and I guarantee you, within two weeks, I'm like, meh, whatever. Yeah, do you know what I mean? If my best friend came in, stared at me. Whilst I was asleep, <laughs> we'd have beef for like a week and then I'd get over it. I wouldn't be there like a month later. You know, he tweets being like, oh, my best friend is still replying to me being like, well, you know, this doesn't look good, does it? This ha. doesn't look good for you. Got him. You suck. <laughs> got him. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't know who's got the energy for this nowadays. Yeah. I barely got the energy for like, I'm like, how? How do you? Your That's life must what be I say, okay thing. if this yeah. is the sort of thing that you're Yeah, getting. must yeah. be really boring for you yeah. to like mm-hmm. go to somebody's account who does not know who you are and just like mm. do that. Yeah. <laughs> so Olivia, weird. In, in, in your case, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I have seen a number of creators, black creators talk about the issue with uh, like on YouTube metrics, at least uh, your videos with a person's face in them get more clicks, but yeah. the reverse occurs when it's a mm-hmm. black person. Specifically. Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. From what I've heard, Man. I know Khadija Mboe has said this, um, FD Signifier has said this, a bunch of different black creators have said that they have noticed a trend that if their face is in the video, it gets fewer views. Have you noticed like that the, the, the videos with your face on them or you <laughs> appearing in them tend to get like worse response absolutely yes <laughs> it is it is like the i've literally been thinking about this like for a, a lot recently and i've been discussing it with my partner and well, she's been like what no why no why would they no no and i'm like i'm like i know honey you you're different it's but but like a lot of people <laughs> yeah. a lot yeah. of people are just the worst on the internet i think people people don't realize that even if it's like 
even if it's just like flat out racism or it's unconscious bias, mm. you know, like it yeah. does happen. Um, and it's something like I um, mentioned because I'm part of a team and they're very supportive and everyone, it, it's just kind of a case of like, well, if they don't want to watch that video, then we don't want them here. So bye-bye. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely yeah. a thing though. I think we have yeah. to, I think we should now set, make a precedent for every video we put on YouTube. We have to put as many black faces as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know those pictures which are made up of like thousands of tiny pictures? Mm. We should do that. <laughs> but it's just black people's faces making mm. up a giant black person's face. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> on YouTube from now on. I think that's what we have to do. Absolutely. Uh, so we can get our video content. And um, almost looking very stern. Like <laughs> we all take the same facial expression that Jasper makes when he's asleep. And we, just, <laughs> and we do one of the things where we position the, the face so it looks like the eyes are looking at you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You are, like, make one of those like, thing. I don't like, what, what is it? Like that, um, I think you can do that with art where it looks like, like it's following you around like a there's a specific position of the head where it can look like it's looking at you no matter where you are <laughs> mm, yeah mm, that's mm -hmm. what we should do <laughs> but I think Absolutely. we've spoken about this phenomenon a, a few times though and I'd uh, be interested to hear what you uh think about it uh Shade and Nessa, because we've spoken quite often about how like like and again this is no shade thrown at anyone everyone's out here trying to make a living I get it but like people, if you go on Twitch and YouTube and stuff, white dudes could just sit and do anything. It does not matter. The, like, mm -hmm. And the standard is so low. Like the expectations are so low upon these people. But if you are brown or if you are a woman, mm -hmm. you have to work like five times. That's probably even generous. 10 times as hard and have a primo it's thing otherwise you will not get there like you will not that, get anywhere near the traffic that reminds me of remember like i think it was this past summer like summer 2021 when hot tub streamers became a big controversy mm. and i'm just like they they weren't they were a bit like sexually explicit but they were still abiding by the guidelines that twitch was doing and people were really upset because these women were taking like their bodies and doing whatever they wanted with them mm -hmm. and doing like i just watched i think um anthony padilla on youtube just did an interview with amaranth who was at this like the head of this and she was talking about how she basically like she only has two hours of free time a day and she does it like almost 24 seven. She streams herself sleeping like she is a hardworking woman mm. and she makes still less money than like Ludwig, who is okay. a commentator and he makes great content. I, I watch his Ludwig's content. It's fine. But it's very clear that he has boundaries and he only streams for a certain amount of time. And mm. then he has a personal life and he could do it. But Amaranth has to work her butt off mm -hmm. and she gets more hate for it because she's taking her body and doing what she wants with it. Look, and she's very vocal about the double standard about she's it. She's just using her gift as white yeah. men are using their gifts, which is being <laughs> white men. <laughs> like, it's the same. Exactly. It's exactly the same scenario here. It's just yeah. people just be using what they have. Oh, you know, like, mm -hmm. but yeah, it, mm -hmm. the, the double standard I think is is quite astounding, and it's it's quite uh, quite harsh. I think when you see it like up it, up close mm -hmm. and in person, you know what I mean. You you, you kind of go like, this, it, surely this doesn't actually. This, I think one of the problems I feel like I have is it's just like this doesn't marry up. I'm like I don't know how this happens, but I think Liv, you hit on it with the unconscious bias, which is, I think that's the problem. That's at the heart of it. It's where like, and I know I have it, like I'm sure there are videos and there are uh, like uh, pro Twitter profiles and all kinds of stuff that I don't click on 
sort of subconsciously or whatever because I'm like, I just don't like that kind of thing or do you know what I mean? And I'm sure that must extend to other areas which I'm not aware of and short of doing like a full psychoanalysis, like I don't know how <laughs> I would get around that yeah. particular thing. But mm. I do think it is, I like to think, or at least I like to hope with the presence of shows uh, like ours that th I do think representation is a big part of that. That like the more people just get used to seeing women and black people in these spaces, the more normal mm -hmm. it becomes and the less kind of, um, uh, the less exceptional they have to be. I feel like that's yeah. big, feels like the big goal for me is that women and people of color can just, can be okay. And, yeah. and and do well, you know what I mean? Can just be like, yeah, this is like a decent show instead of like, you have to be, you are like the flag bearer of like your people, yeah. <laughs> you know, do really well. Otherwise, you know, you've let everyone down. You let yeah. Africa down through Black Halflings. <laughs> <laughs> Big gulp, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, uh, we don't want to do that. <laughs> I think yeah, we're, I think the ahead. nerd community in itself, is also very, or like gaming, Specifically, it's also very like gatekeepy in a way oh, yeah. that you have to have you have to have the money to buy the products. You have to be you have to mm -hmm. own, you know, a certain mm -hmm. equipment. You have to play the games. You have to have a certain number of hours in like you have to have pulled an all nighter playing, you know, yeah. this one game or you have to have finished it on hard mode or whatever. And you have to oh, did, do you actually like that game? Oh, well, what are the yeah. three, you know, hardest <laughs> achievements to get? Can yeah. you prove this to me? Yeah, and yeah. I feel like D&D is sort of, I haven't found it. Well, I mean, I play with friends and stuff, so I haven't, I haven't found it that much. But even when I go to like um, a Warhammer shop or something, they like look at me and they're like, you obviously do not belong here. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I had that exact experience happen. Like I walked into, I was just looking for dice. It was just when I was starting out and I didn't have any dice and I'm just, there was a Warhammer shop and I thought they might have dice. So I didn't have to order from Amazon. I ended up having to order from Amazon because of this, mm -hmm. but I walked in and like every, there was maybe like a handful of people in the shop and they were all white men and they mm -hmm. just all turned to look at me. And I just felt like mm. uncomfortable, not unsafe. Mm -hmm just uncomfortable and I'm like okay I'm gonna go and then I didn't even look for anything and I just left mm. because they it, the it was like almost like I don't even know if I believe in this stuff but it was just it was like an energy field like pushing me out like mm. you can feel that they're like you don't belong here what are you doing here they don't even the shopkeeper didn't even ask and I understand like I've been in retail sometimes you don't really care if you ask <laughs> people like yeah uh, like oh what can I help you with today like I don't Depends really fault them for own. that Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but it, oh, it was just such like almost like a stinking cloud spell. Hey, look, just, I like, mean, there's a reason. Me out. There's a reason it's a trope in the Western. You know what I mean? When someone like walks mm. through the saloon door and everyone turns and looks, and there's like yeah. a mood shift, yeah. like it, it like mm -hmm. it's a thing. You know what I mean? It it's is absolutely a thing. And you definitely know when you've walked into somewhere. You know, I quite often get it when, um, like, we'll go to like a pub in a nice like white area of a place, and I'm like. Hey everyone! It's like I'm I'm not here to perform. So <laughs> did you get that back when we to your were, when we, Jasper? Did you get that when we were doing the butterfly line? Oh man, Siren Sister yeah. was wild. Yeah, so we, it was, I was that... the pub. I walked into the pub, and there was yeah. a de definite sense of like. 
Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, that that Sirens, this is a w- very weird sensation because me and Jeremy did the show in this place called Siren Sister. It's a very, very white area in the Cotswolds, which is relatively uh, affluent. This was a very affluent area of the Cotswolds. Um, and it was the weirdest thing where we transitioned, I think, from being like, oh, there's some black people in town to being like, oh, they're in that show. So it kind of didn't go yeah. away. Which was really weird, like the whole time we were there, because when people kind of got over the fact we were black, they were then like, oh, they're in the show that's in town. And so then people looked at us anyway. Like it was a really yeah. weird experience where people would be like, oh, he, yeah, he's the guy in the show. He's the guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, at least that, that's better than before, I guess. Uh, <laughs> like, I still feel uncomfortable about it, but fine. <laughs> Charday, what, you, what you're saying reminds me of Silence of the Lambs. Like if you've ever seen that, oh, there's all these. I know the scene mm. you're thinking of. Yeah, there, it's in. It happens over and over. All these shots of people staring directly into the camera of like all these tall mm-hmm. men, because the main character uh, played by Jodie Foster is a woman in all these male-dominated spaces. Yep. And there's mm-hmm, all yeah. and most of the horror in the movie comes from walking into a room and then yeah. POV <laughs> shots of like ten dudes like leering at directly at the camera, and yeah. it puts like a man watching it kind of in the position I guess that a lot of women face on a regular basis. Mm. It's just like, oh, this isn't good. This is not mm. fun. It's time, icky. No. <laughs> um, Lisa, you mentioned uh, War- yeah. Warhammer. Um, I very recently, this is a nice story, um, <laughs> went into a Warhammer shop for the very first time. I hadn't like, I was like just learning, you know, the ropes. And I walked in and I was like, oh, I hope I'm not going to have like an uncomfortable situation where there's going to be like a, a white guy and he's going to be like, what are you doing here? Not that he would say that, but you'd feel it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, but I, I was very pleasantly surprised to be like, oh, it's a lady of color. Oh my gosh, she is Whoa. behind that. I know Whoa. she Whoa. She was very kind and nice and she was and she just yeah welcomed me and I was like, oh my god, thank you. I, this is oh what a treat. <laughs> what what Liv really means is she immediately launched herself over the counter and was like, hello! <laughs> <laughs> Save me! Please teach me the ways of Warhammer. <laughs> do, do black women have like a signal? Because with black dudes, it's the nod. Mm. There's a black man nod where you mm. see another one and you're like, hey, hey. Like, I know you. Like, we're together. Yeah. It's the immediate yeah, yeah, connection. Yeah. Do black women have like a sign like that? Um, I think uh yeah, it's a full-on shaky gasp, just a kind of like <gasps> it's a full anime. <laughs> um, <laughs> um no, no, I think just a just a good old just a good old smile, just kind of like yeah, like mm. a, a nod, but like a warm smile as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting thing, a byproduct, I think, where uh, whereby the pandemic, I do feel like, has provided a platform for uh, a lot of people of color and women to find a voice in the community whereby you can actually remove yourself from that scenario. Because, like, let's say we tried to do this during normal times, we'd already be having to try and go to, like, conventions and stuff like that to try and, like, get our name out there. And then you get that exact experience, right? And I... Don't even I, I I genuinely cannot imagine what it is like as a woman going to a convention. I I feel I genuinely have feel awkward around like a lot of like masculine energy at the best of times. I can't imagine what it's like being a woman and going to a convention because it's like it's just this sort of slight. A lot of them that I've been to, I I as as a guy have really noticed like how uncomfortable uh, women seem in that kind of environment. So I do think that it, at least the uh, pandemic has provided or the sort of on, the more online nature 
uh, the last few years has provided an opportunity for at least like there to be the option of like unplugging from like doing your work, getting yourself out there. And then like, if you want to like, you can just like turn off your comments or like just turn off notifications and just be like, I'm not going to engage in that. And I'm actually going to have a nice weekend instead of mm-hmm. like doing your work, putting yourself out there and then being in the middle of that uncomfortable situation and having to kind of like tough it out because that you've chosen to put yourself out there and that's somehow then everyone's divine right to just pile on you, you know, uh, which unfortunately I know still happens online, but it's like a, uh, a, an easier to, to unplug. Is, is that, does that make any sense for anyone or am I like, you know, like, mm-hmm. no, it does. It does. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like you just, if yeah. you don't want to be on social media, I just won't check Twitter like all day. Yeah. I'll just be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm I made fine. That post I don't where I can see schedule it. that post. Bam, yep. it's gone and I can just leave it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and not have mm-hmm. to engage. Um, uh, whereas I just feel like when the medium still required everything to be in person, you just didn't really have that um, luxury, I guess. Um, so, you know, that, that that's, a, I guess, a slight, a slight upside. Um, so one thing that we always do on the show uh, and we have to do with you, Lissa and Shade, uh, is that we always do a tale from the table. So this is basically a uh, a wild and wacky story uh, that you remember from a past D&D or TTRPG uh, game, and it can be anything. We've run the gamut on emotions. It can be hilarious. It can be uh, uh, emotional and heartfelt. It can be, uh, yeah, anything that you want. Just something that immediately comes into your mind and you're like, oh, man, what a wild thing that was. There's a couple. So I guess I have a question. Mm. Um, do you want a PG story or do you want an R-rated story? Halflings, uh, <laughs> I'll put this I vote R. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I can just like go to bed tonight and not know the R-rated story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. a clean sweep of the R ratings, please. Okay, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so there's a bit of a backstory and then I'll get into what it led to. So I'm currently in a campaign where it's all elves. We're all different types of elves. And um, the DM was just like, hey, we're going to do just like a really serious campaign where it's like Lord of the Rings and we're just like, you know what? Actually, we want to do Mean Girls, but in the Forgotten Realms. Oh, <laughs> that sounds yes. so cool. Yes. And it is, oh my God, it's a ball. And we are the literal worst. We are <laughs> awful to, wait, we have character arcs now, but at the beginning, we're just like, we don't associate with pores and stuff. It was... <laughs> 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 very very cathartic very different and so uh that's that's our group of people and we also have um a himbo sidekick who um kind of tries to keep us in line as best as he can who (laughs) and so my character in that campaign uh is a Eladrin Warlock and her patron is her father because I saw one TikTok where somebody was like you know it'd be funny as if a warlock had their daddy as their patron and it was a rich brat and I'm like I want to play that so bad and so I did that, honestly warlocks are my least favorite class that is actually bringing me out in hives really the great. idea <laughs> of that like oh my god I'm so surprised that thankfully the DM is a really good friend of mine he's married to one of my best friends and I'm just like I'm just gonna let, warn you I'm gonna call you daddy it's Ooh. just going to happen and we need to both be okay with it. And he was like, all right. And I'm like, okay, as long as you're down. And then I it, took it a step further and I made her worse and I made her a social media influencer. 
Dang. (laughs) So this is all relevant. I promise to the R-rated portion (laughs) of the story. So in this world- It's already R-rated as far as I'm concerned. The mention of the word daddy and it's like, oh. (laughs) Oh, shit. How would it have been if you tell the DM, like, I'm going to have to call you daddy. You're going to have to be okay with it. He's like, oh, Mm. I've been waiting for you to say that. Thank you. Totally different story. So we, um, so in this land, apparently my archfey father, um, you're not supposed to smuggle, uh, fey magic into the material plane. So we got into some legal trouble with the fey wild and material plane cops, let's just say. Mm. Um, and so me being a social media influencer, I'm just like, okay, we got to spin this. We got to do PR. And we all of our a lot of our conversations either go back to like mean girl solutions or Kardashian solutions. <laughs> I feel like you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> oh, okay. We okay. decided, I don't know who said anything, but we decided, you know, it'd be funny if we made a sex tape and then accidentally released mm. it. Mm-hmm. In game yeah. to yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. make everyone <laughs> sympathetic for the person in the tape and get all press off of the father <laughs> doing illegal stuff. It's all about how you spin it. It's all exactly. about, it's all about how you spin it. It's all exactly. about the sex tape or after the sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Apparently it is canonically filthy. I don't know what that means, but that is what it is. Um, but yeah, but we did that. I don't think I've laughed that hard in a game. I mm-hmm. almost peed myself laughing like wow. while we were coming up with that. <laughs> yeah. It was in it was insane. And the DM just like obviously you do the DM thing where you're just like, what if, what what is happening? What is happening? And anytime yeah. you can do yeah. that. Yeah, I can. Thing is, I can imagine being the DM, being like, "Okay, fine, we're gonna do this thing. We're gonna make the sex tape. Okay, 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 fine, fine, fine." And then, like, one of my players at the table goes, "Hmm, yeah, what spells can I use?" And I'm like, "Oh no, 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 no." Like that's I feel like when the red flag really starts to come in for me. I'm like, acrobatics checks, yeah, saving throws. Yeah, 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 we made. I think we made performance checks, and we just said if we use any spells, these are what we use. And then our friends helped us like pamper, so somebody had pressed digitation to make us clean at all times. Like it was layers. Like we went into it. Clean at all. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> we don't, I don't think we didn't get into that specifics, but we do have like, I think somebody has a list you know somewhere of these, the spells I, I that think, were used. And I think that's better because I think every person yeah. at the table had a completely different image of what that yes. was. And yeah. I'm, I think that's actually better. I think that's where yeah. theater of the mind really comes into its own. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I meant that pun uh, intentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Can you imagine a map? Like everybody's on like the grid. <laughs> holding a camera wait, wait, in the corner let me, <laughs> let me just uh let me just move the fog of war as i draw back the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> to reveal a beholder great. on the bed anyway um, <laughs> before that goes any further, oh um, i just want to say as well Shade, that i also play like an awful character and it's just isn't it just nice to have like a sin day where you just get to just like be when, the worst, oh my god right? when you just make <laughs> terrible decisions and be terrible to people mm. oh my god it's yes. it's fantastic yeah. it's so cathartic <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i genuinely really do want to play in this campaign it looks it sounds absolutely hilarious you recommend like i think like, mean girls or like clueless based in the forgotten realms is just 
it's amazing. Do recommend mm. if you ever need like a palate cleanser. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, great. have you guys, have you guys, I, I, this is, this just hit me, but considering your Harry Potter uh, interest, the new Strixhaven book, if we're combining, oh. if we're looking at mean girls, I feel like you gotta have like a high school arc at oh. least. And Strixhaven has houses. It ha- It is a high school scenario. Mm-hmm. It is oh. ripe ripe to be plucked for this game so make oh sure my you God. tune in to the three black halflings mini uh, mini series which will be coming up very soon uh, girls mini series yeah oh man you, i'm, I'm, you you know, I'm it. adding it to the list yeah please <laughs> do if you uh, do welcome it, to mean haven everyone i can't yeah. wait for it i can't oh wait oh my haven. god mean haven that's Amazing. it that's very good <laughs> oh man uh lissa i mean it's down to you now i mean look that was that was a good that was a home run of a story uh i mean i, so I don't sorry. i don't think i even need to i don't think i even need to share anything we'll just let's go with her story you know <laughs> <laughs> you have great stories i'm in campaigns with you i know things have gone down come on <laughs> i mean it's not really a funny story but i guess i could tell you um so I tried DMing for the first time Woo. last year. Well um, and instead of, you know, doing the normal thing where you would play a one shot with friends and people who know what they're doing in D&D, I decided to DM for my grandparents <gasps> who have never played D&D in their entire lives. They never done any sort of theater in their entire lives. They don't know what D&D was. They could not understand what it was. And I decided, you know what? I'll just dip my toe in being a DM by uh, DMing for my grandparents. Wow. <laughs> How did that go? Yeah. Um, so I I created something that was like very familiar for them. So I created this setting, um, which was their summer house. And I made them, I made them their care, their, characters according to kind of their personality so they didn't even have to make any sort of choices other than I so I made my uh grandma she was like a a forest nymph or elf kind of a forest kind of spirit Mm. um and my grandpa was like a sauna spirit because I'm from Finland so you know big on saunas and things yeah yeah sauna and this is very like in tune with Finnish culture um and then the story story storyline was basically um so they live in their summer house and, you know, my cousins and their family often come to visit. And then one day um, my cousin disappears and they are, you know, very attached to this girl, my cousin, and they have to go rescue her. So then, you know, one one of them was a, a, a ranger and one of them was, I think, a mm. druid. And I made them like little tiny, like A4 kind of like simplified character sheets and I chose their spells and sort of things and gave them so they had to cross the uh the river first they had to somehow figure out how to cross the river because you know somebody had heard that the cousin the last thing that uh the last time that they'd seen my cousin was uh they took the boat out onto the river and crossed to the other side so then they had to like go out and and yeah it was it was an experience um, <laughs> trying to teach them how to roll stats and mm. how to do math. And and then but it was interesting because then when we got to the encounter, so TLDR, uh, my cousin was kidnapped by um, a forest witch who liked my cousin's hair and wanted to use that for one of her potions or something. Mm. And 
classic. We had this, like, I, I prepared for an encounter, which I didn't think was up my grandma's alley. My grandma's very kind of like non-conflict kind mm. of let's do this. But my grandpa, grandma got really into it. She was like, <gasps> I, I blind him. And then I'm like, <laughs> I, I rescue her. And, yeah. she, and she started DMing. She was like, oh, I do this. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That is she, amazing. She got really into it. And, and then, yeah, they they didn't really do con- combat. Um, and then they just sort of stole my cousin away from the witch and um i basically gave them the response so she had like walk the walkthrough plants one mm-hmm. that was how they got back and i was like okay you know what yeah you, since they they weren't really sure what to do with my cousin after they rescued her and they were like well we have to go back and i'm like well you do have a spell um on your sheet over there <laughs> <laughs> you can't do dry, like starts glowing just all the <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Um, oh, that, I have to is, say, like, yeah. we're just worried about coming, like, following Sade's story, and then you tell us the most wholesome story any of us have ever heard. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> you went from R rated to G. That was yeah. good. <laughs> Super balanced. Yeah. So balanced. So balanced. Uh, the balance has indeed been restored. That was, yeah, that was so wonderful. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, I don't think it would go the same if I. Tried to get my grandma to play D anD D. It'd be a very different story uh, entirely. I could just imagine turning around at one point, like, "What do you do?" And she's just fully turned around, and is watching EastEnders instead. Uh, like, you know, uh, she's, "Oh, sorry, I didn't realize we were still playing." <laughs> like, I think that's I think, how it would probably get out. For I me. think my parent, grandparents' favorite thing was um, I gave my grandpa the option of a pet and he he was like that was what the one choice that he had to make for his character and he was like you know it, it was a it was a squirrel and Aww. then i think Aww. the most enjoyment that they got out of that game which they remember till this day was i started making squirrel noises um Aww. in the game <laughs> so i i would go every time they and then they would have their characters like interact with the squirrel just so i would have to make the squirrel nose and i would go like <laughs> isn't it like the the it's the best and the worst thing when you like go to the effort of putting together like an amazing like story and stuff and then somebody's like make the goblin noise and you're like and then then everyone (laughs) 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 you absolutely hit on the thing there which is the phenomenon which happens all the time which is when a dm goes uh scrambling scrambling commits Mm. to a noise and goes oh i have to commit i have to do that now Yep. The whole time, like I yeah. have to, oh, I have so to do that. My throat the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's man. the goblin's name. Yeah. Oh, what's your name? And you, just, I there is genuinely like a sensation deep inside you, which is like, oh, come on, man. Why? I think you learn by now. <laughs> yeah. Like have a have a sound bank. Do you know what I mean? In your mind, so have some <laughs> go-to, not too weird noises that you can pull out. Uh, That's amazing. I just actually just got to an episode of Not Another D and D podcast where there was a description of uh, uh, an animal and it made uh, an uh, an oi noise. And <laughs> I heard that one. Broke me. Wow. Oh, it so <laughs> broke me. Brian mm. Murphy just going oi oi oi, and I was ah <laughs> uh, man, I was <laughs> I was like oh. yeah, I was just fully <laughs> chuckling to myself for a good while uh, listening to that. Um, so yeah. DMs, uh, uh, commit to your noises. 
That's the mm. that's the moral of this story. If you take nothing else away, <laughs> commit to your noises. Uh, you go, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> for, the, for the next two hours. Shard, Shardae's DM had to commit commit to a similar noise, but anyway, we'll. There we go. That is that is the filthiest thing Jasper has ever said. I know. I literally I felt it. I genuinely felt it. I felt I felt Honored. Jade listening to this episode, being like, "Ooh, Jasper, maybe, maybe that's it." No, that's baby. fine. Definitely got to stay in. That was cool. <laughs> That yeah, that's definitely Comic the most risque I ever got on this show before. Uh, anyway. Improvising sound. <laughs> yeah, improvising the worst sound. time to have to improvise sound. Oh, man. Or the oh. best, depending. That's true. Yeah, Depends yeah, yeah, on what kind yeah. of group you're in, I guess. <laughs> that's the alternate timeline where he where he was into the daddy thing. That's like oh, God, yeah. The darkest timeline. <laughs> Everybody's sitting there with goatees. Yeah. <laughs> the hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with goatees, Jeremy. <laughs> we both have them, sort of. Yeah, this is true. Uh, no, you've you, you've got more on the sides, so it's less. True, of we have like obvious. a little bit of a chin chin strap thing going. I oh, got a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about bits. Uh, what we are talking about, however, is the incredible podcast that is Slovenly Trolls. Uh, Shade, Lissa, please tell all of the halflings where they can find all of your stuff on the Tinterwebs. Oh man, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. We um, have a Patreon with our network, Can't Be Killed Creations. We're just figuring out Patreon works, so there's not a lot on there yet, but we're working on it. Woo! Uh, woo! Yay for that! Mm-hmm. We're still we're like a year in and still figuring out how Patreon works. <laughs> right, so exactly. We're with you. <laughs> wild, wild west. Uh, you can find our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Won't list Amazing. all of them because there's a lot. Where, where can uh, where pe- people find you on uh, on Twitter? What's your at? Oh, uh, just at Slovenly Trolls. Amazing. That's S love E N L Y Trolls like trolls, but with a U. Amazing. There will be links in the podcast description below. So if you want to, if it's easier for you listening at home, you can go down there and just click straight away and find uh, these two uh, wonderful people and what they do. Uh, It's really, really good. Generally recommend go go listen to that TSR episode. Uh, It's very, very informative and you won't hear us talking about TSR. Uh, So (laughs) uh, listen to Slovenly Trolls instead. Um, So uh, Sade and Lissa, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute blast. Um, That was absolutely hilarious and uh i'm now gonna go imagine doing sex tapes in D. what a what a, what a wonderful thing <laughs> if uh, you could take anything away that from that episode with... i'm glad it's that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to tell us what you'd be imagining <laughs> oh dear um so before this gets any worse jerry where can people find you on twitter <laughs> people uh can find me uh at jeremy cobb one that's cobb with two b's and the number one Woo! That's right. I made my thing so early on that I was the, I oh, guess, the... the second Jeremy Cobb who uh... signed up for Twitter <laughs> and then didn't oh. use it until like November of last year. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's true. Uh, Liv, where can we yeah. find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, uh, at Does Dark Magic. Is Woo! that's me doing Woo! that magic? Yeah. Uh, love that. You can find me at JW underscore Cartwright. Uh, you can find the show at TB Halflings uh, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and we do have a Facebook, which we don't use because, well, Facebook. Anyway, uh, you can also find us on Patreon, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash TB Halflings. Uh, if you liked this and you want to get some more bonus episodes, you can find some stuff there uh, on the aforementioned Patreon. I think that is everything. 
we we have merch. There we go. That's always oh, what yeah. I forget. We always we have merch. Go buy some merch. It's really cool. It, it looks great. Uh, that's about everything for this week's episode. Thank you so much again to Lissa and to Sade. Thank you so much. Go check out this Lovely Trolls podcast. Thank you very much, Halflings. We will see you next week. So long, Shire folk. So long, Shire folk. So long, Woo. Shire folk. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> was a headgum podcast.